These days, it only takes one wrong fact to be published online before people click on it, news agencies grab it and report it in their haste, and it goes viral on social media. There's so much noise and misinformation online that it can be a real challenge to find the truth and get that out there. I'm Miriam Sears, and I'm taking you into the newsroom. So I wanted to think a little bit about this today, about the fact that the internet is huge and it's rife with information and data and facts and opinions. And I mean, it's one thing to just sift through and figure out what is important to me. But also another difficulty is how easy it is for errors or Uh, wrong information to be reported on and then other media teams pick up on that and also report on that Um, people will tweet and retweet and repost and it just snowballs um, into common knowledge so I've asked Claudia to join us today to to think about this um, particularly because she had a bit of experience with this with the difficulty of confirming whether something was correct or or not quite what it seemed. Claudia joins us from the States, so she's on the phone today. She heads up our Mexico Energy Report, and this particular story is looking at what was happening in the Mexican gas market about a, a new pipeline that was going to come online. But Claudia, I'll let you explain what the story was about. Why don't you just give us a brief rundown um, on what it was that, that you were wanting to report on for this for this story that we're looking at? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to, Miriam. Thanks for having me. Um, so basically, like the news was that this big subsea pipeline called the Cerda, Texas, to expand pipeline that would connect supply in South Texas to um, to a, a key part of Mexico that needs natural gas, that, that was going to come online on the 14th of April. And for the Mexican market, that was going to be a game changer, and people looking to sell gas were getting ready and excited. Mm. And uh, so that, uh, that was the the news that, that has been circulating. Okay, so did you? How did you spot the news? Was it on uh, Twitter or? Oh, so it's actually a project that we that's been in the works for several years. We've been watching it for a long time. So, um, basically, any time that there was news or potential gossip about the project, official or unofficial, our antenna, you know, went up. So it's something mm. that we had been following for a long time. So, and we regularly read government reports, um, infrastructure updates, things of that nature. Um, and, and so we had seen it in some of the reports, but we had also seen, had seen um, it, um, the news being circulated by some of our competitors. And, uh, and I guess... Because this is such an important piece of news, other uh, players, market players, were picking it up and there was this buzz around this pipeline coming online and starting to provide gas supply uh, to Mexico. Um, Now, we've got a pretty strict sourcing policy here at ISIS. One of the things that I sit down with 
whenever a journalist joins our team and I, the th- one of the first things that I go over with them is our sourcing policy um, and, and basically just sum it up it mean it it says if we want to write a story about something if we've seen some news out there we have to confirm the information with a primary source um, and if we've tried as, as hard as we can and we can't do that we have to confirm the information with at least uh, three secondary sources in, in most cases um, so it's our policy to be really strict about confirming information before running it so I guess Claudia you had seen this news um, <laughs> luckily I guess through our, our policy on this you couldn't just write about it but what did you have to do what what were your next steps in terms of trying to confirm this information before you wrote the story sure so the i knew that the news stories that were circulating were based on a government report that was published a couple weeks ago and i had that report i had seen the date and you know that been tracking the project for a long time anyway yeah and how, how did you know it was from the report so the energy ministry had published a report an infrastructure update that they publish every month and uh, and a competitor had cited that as well as some uh, government officials public statements gotcha and so i knew that that they were basing the story on those things and but i also knew the wider context of of the market, as well as some conflicting statements from other government officials, so I knew that the story wasn't quite as simple as it was being presented. Right. So alarm bells were ringing pretty early on for you. Yeah. 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 So what did you do next? One of the great things about this sourcing policy is that it really encourages you to build a, a very robust network of sources and. Mm. And we've done that over the course of several years in Mexico, building up um, relationships with sources that are based on trust uh, because they know that they can share information with us. And if they want to remain anonymous, they can. And, mm-hmm. and we're not uh, in, we're not in the business of sort of outing people or um, creating jazzy headlines and, and getting people into trouble or anything like anything like that we mm-hmm. our, our main interest is in uncovering the truth and and we know that sometimes that information is going to come from a formal source uh, like a report or and uh, sometimes from informal sources where we have to talk to several people read different reports and and piece together uh, the truth in that way we, we also need to be really careful on this podcast because I don't want you to give away any of your sources, but I guess you would have called up a few people in the know and just asked them to say, look, what's what's happening here? There's all these reports out there. What's the truth? Yeah, absolutely. And then I think another thing is, is just to call the pipeline builder and ask them. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's something that we did as well. And they... They did not state the specific date that was reflected in the energy ministry report. They, you know, and I did follow up and, and clarify and, and ask um, just to make sure that there was no misunderstanding. And the response that I got several times was uh, uh, basically the second quarter, not the 14th of April. 
Right. So that was something that I thought, well, within the context of what I'm hearing from my other sources, you know, this report, conflicting um, statements from government officials and the pipeline builder who's going to have the best information, they're not committing to this April 14th date. The truth is that this date is ambiguous, and it would be irresponsible of me to say definitely it's going to be April 14th. Mm. Um, it, it's a, so I couldn't write that when, yeah. when, uh, when we wrote it up. Yeah. So an energy ministry report, though, sounds like quite a reputable source. What do you think went wrong here? That's a great question, and and I and I think that what had, I'm trying to <laughs> make sure I don't give away my sources here. <laughs> I so what I did when I read that report and I saw that date and uh, any time I read a government report and you know this comes in part from an intuition that I've developed from working. Um, in Latin America and and, and just understanding the context Mm. and also Mm. understanding the the context of the the Mexican situation right now, which is that there's the transition from one government administration to another, and the new administration started at the end of uh, 2018. And really in any country, when there's a transition, a government transition, new officials coming in, policies being reviewed and revised and information, you know, passing from from one official to another, it it takes a while for everything to get settled. And in just, you know, three or four months, nothing's going to be... perfectly um, perfectly conveyed there's there are chances for misinformation or somebody uses a you know an older version of a document or doesn't confirm information so I know that that is that can happen and mm-hmm. um, particularly mm-hmm. in this context and so the that's something that I, I took into account when when reading the document and you know because I have such a great network of sources I was also able to call upon them um, to to help verify the information or, or help guide um, my thinking. What was the what was the implications of having this April fourteen date out there? Um, because I, your some of your sources will be traders in the market who are positioning their them themselves to make money depending on what they're expecting supply to do. What was the what was the I guess, knock-on implications to this April 4th, uh, 14th. I actually, while I'm asking you that, I hopefully our listeners will um, have understood by now that this didn't actually, the April 14th date was wrong and uh, the, the supply <laughs> didn't start up. Um, but yeah, what, 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 were you, what was the impact on the, on the market? Did you get a feel for that? Yeah, so the it, it, exactly what you said is correct. It, there would there would be a need for supply. The pipeline is quite a large pipeline. It, the capacity is um, 2.6 billion cubic feet, which um, for non-gas people, it's a lot of gas. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not going to start up at 100 percent. We the estimates that we had heard were from between 500 and 800. And there were some technical reasons that it wouldn't be starting at 100%. Mm. Um, so basically, people who wanted to sell gas, or you know, they've been watching this project for a long time, 
and uh, and there's a number of, of effects. I, I won't go into detail, but but yes, exactly what you said is is correct. So. You know, the difference between selling that gas now and selling it in June, um, that gas is going to be coming from Texas where there is so much gas supply that in the Permian Basin they're, they're flaring the gas. Um, and, and basically within the Texas context, everyone wants to get their natural gas sold if possible because there is so much of it. And right. it, it it's so um, competitively priced right now that um, – but selling it now or selling it in June can can make a big difference if you're a trader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if if you weren't convinced before, this probably has cemented in your mind just the need how careful you need to be with the information that you're 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 publishing to your readers. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely um, convey to my team that we. And we may not always be the first, but we definitely want to be the most accurate because mm. people are using this information to make decisions. And even if the the truth is that there's still a lot of ambiguity after you've done your very best research and called up all of your most you know reliable sources, then we need to convey that ambiguity and um, leave it to the reader to make an informed decision. Right. Were you uh, checking whether the uh, gas was actually flowing on the 14th? Just to make yeah, sure that... <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, for first, uh, first thing I did on the 15th was check my phone to see, and, uh, and it, was, it was not. Yep. It was not, right? There was no mm-hmm. gas. Um, yeah. And there's still no gas <laughs> right. there. Yep. Uh, yep. So, but, but we are continuing to monitor it. Yeah, definitely. And and continuing to report on continuing, I guess, to be really rigorous in uh way making sure that the information that you get is uh that that it can be trustworthy before it's published. Um we'll finish there, but thanks so much Claudia for for telling us about uh what was happening over in the US about this Mexico supply this week. And keep on listening to uh, our podcasts for the next episode of Into the Newsroom, which will be next week. (laughs) 